Amen, church. You may be seated. Amen. As I said, we're going to start in the book of Revelation in chapter 2, verses 8 and onward. Amen. And I know that oftentimes we say that this is a book that many churches avoid. And I I understand why they might avoid this reading from this book is because sometimes it can bring fear. Or sometimes, perhaps, they avoid it because they don't know how to discern the word of God. And I've, I know that I've witnessed and a few of us here have witnessed how sometimes they even use what's preached and what's shown in the movies or what's shown in Hollywood to reflect the, the word of God. Amen. And it's sad to say that because they're leading the congregation astray. But I'm grateful that in this church, we haven't gone through the book of Revelation once or twice, but many times. Amen. And I pray that every time that our pastors lead us through it, that we would be able to understand a little more and more and build on our faith a little more and more, amen. But I also come to realize that sometimes as individuals, we avoid reading this book ourselves, maybe because of also lack of discernment or, or fear that we may not know what the book is speaking to us, amen. But the word of God says in James that if any of us should lack any wisdom, that if we ask our Father who is in heaven, he'll give us wisdom, amen. But we should ask full of faith and, and not with the mind of doubt, church, because if we ask with doubt, then how do we expect the Lord to pour out of his wisdom? How do we expect the Lord to give us any discernment? How do we expect the Lord to, to reveal himself through his word if we're doubting even him himself? Amen. And so as I was reading this word, I said, Lord, give me, mer- give me wisdom, Lord Jesus. But also I humble myself in, in knowing that I don't know much, God. I only know what what I read and what I'm taught, but Lord, you can teach me more. Amen. And so the Lord, he was leading me to, to the letter of the seven, to the seven churches. Amen. And specifically, there was two churches that, that stood out to me, church. It was the church of Smyrna and the church of Philadelphia. And we know that the church of Smyrna was the persecuted church and the church of Philadelphia was the faithful church. Amen. And I didn't choose these churches because I think that we're above reproach or correction. As we know from the word of God that the other five churches, the Lord had to speak tough to them, amen. The Lord had to correct a few things in in their churches, amen. And I still believe that that's still us today, that there are many things that the Lord needs to correct within a congregation and, and us in our lives individually, amen. Because how many of here are perfect. No one here is perfect. And I, and I put myself there first. I know that I'm not perfect. And I know that every single day the Lord needs to edify me. Every single day I need to wake up and ask the Lord, Lord, make me a vessel of honor. Lord, make me a vessel that's, that's worthy of your calling, Lord. Lord, make me a, a vessel that, that can glorify your name with the way that I live my life. Because church, we are a living sacrifice unto the Lord. We are walking testimonies for the Lord. Amen. And so... As, a, as the Lord was showing me in uh, Revelation chapter 2, and we're going to start in verse 8. It says, and we read the word in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It says, and unto the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. And I love how the Lord commences each letter to each church in a similar matter, meaning He establishes who he is first, amen? He tells the church, this is who I am, amen? And here he's saying, I am the first and the last. 
I am the one that was dead but is now alive, amen, church? And what he's saying is, I am the alpha and the omega. I am the beginning of time and the end of time. And yes, I was maybe crucified on that cross, but death had, had no power over our Lord, over our Savior, amen? He conquered the power of sin and grave when he rose again, when he resurrected. And now that he sits on the right hand of the Father, he serves in a kingdom that is unshakable, immovable, church. And I love these verses because they should remind us as, as a congregation, they should give us a little bit of hope. They should give us a little bit of strength to know that, yes, this is our God. This is the God that we serve. This is the God that we bow down to. This is the God that, that goes before us, church. He is the beginning and the end. And if we go to quickly to the uh, first chapter of Revelation Verses 8, he establishes who he is again. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, which was, and in which is to come, the Almighty. And again in, in verse 11, he says, saying, I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And again in, in 17 and 18, he says, it says, and when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death. And so when I was reading these, these verses, I thought, of, I thought of Daniel and his friends right before they were about to be put into the fiery furnace. And I thought how those men were full of faith and full of courage and full of boldness that they said, that they said, even if we should be thrown into the fiery furnace, we know that our God is able to save us. And they said, but if not, he is still God. And I said, Lord, this is a faith that I desire to say. Lord, I know you're able to save me and to deliver me from any affliction, Lord, from, every, from any tribulation, from any persecution. Lord, but if not, you are still God and you are still true and you still reign. Amen? And so it, it continues on to say in verse 9, I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. And in every church, he, the Lord says the same thing. I know thy works. And the thing is that God is all-knowing. He knows our works when it's done for him with a heart of gratitude, with a heart of love. But he also knows our works when it's done out of um, conceit. It's done out of selfishness. It's done out of ambition. Amen. And so here the Lord was telling the church of Smyrna, I know your works, and I know your tribulation and your poverty. And when I was reading and tribulation, I was reminded of Ephesians chapter 6, and if you guys can turn with me there. Ephesians chapter 6. You see the... The churches of this time, they were persecuted with their lives, amen? And I know that perhaps we're going to get there too. But when I, was reading, when I was reading these verses, I was reminded of, Lord, you prepare us for a time of tribulation. It says in uh, chapter 6, verse 10, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and of the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. 
Wherefore, take unto the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand the, in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about the, with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of sal salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, the utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. And here, church, the, the Lord was telling us, you need to put on the whole armor. You don't get to pick and choose if you want to wear the belt of truth one day and the breast of, breastplate of righteousness the other day. No, he's saying armor up because tribulation is coming. And, some, and tribulation has already come to many of us, church. Tribulation doesn't mean just um, your life is in danger. It means spiritually. It mean, means physically with our health. It means mentally with our minds. And so here the church is telling us, Make sure that you armor up. Put on the helmet of salvation. Carry, carry your shield of faith so that you can be able to withstand the fiery darts of Satan. You see, it doesn't say that Satan is not going to attack his church. It says he's going to do it, but make sure that you're ready for it. Through prayer, through fasting, through reading of the word, through fellowship with God himself. That's the only way that we can withstand the temptations of the enemy. Amen. And so we continue back in the book of Revelation chapter 2 so he said i know your works and your tribulation and your poverty you see the church of smyrna was located in a place that was actually a wealthy city uh, it's in modern day turkey now and you, you know that turkey has many ports available to them and so smyrna was not a poor place but these people were being suppressed they were maybe they were poor but spiritually speaking it says that they were actually rich amen and just like it says in Matthew, that blessed are the poor, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Amen. Blessed are those who are persecuted, because theirs is the kingdom of God. Amen. And so it says, continuing in verse 9, it says, I know the blasphemy of them which say are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. And I know that in these times, uh, the Christians were being persecuted by, by Romans and, and by Jews. But the Lord was showing me more in the spiritual sense, church, and if you'd be willing to turn with me to the book of Romans. And we'll start in chapter 2, verse 6. Amen. It says, Romans chapter 2, verse 6 and onward, it says, Who will render to every man according to his deeds? To them who by patient continuance and well-doing seek for glory and honor, and immortality, eternal life. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness and indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that does evil, of the Jew first and also of the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. For, for there is no respect of persons with God. And then we jump down to verse 25. It says, for circumcision verily profiteth if thou keep the law. But if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. 
26. Therefore, if the uncircumcision keep the righteousness of the law, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge thee by the letter and circumcision does transgress the law? For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart and the spirit, and not in the letter, whose praise is not of them, but of God. And what is this telling us, church, is telling us that us as adopted sons and daughters of the Lord, we are Jews inwardly, that we have been circumcised in the heart. That means that our heart, the, the veil from our heart has been removed so that we can come into the acknowledgement of who Christ is, amen? And if we want further proof, we can go to chapter 9, Romans chapter 9. Verse, verses 3 and onward. It says, For I, I could wish that myself were a curse from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh, who are Israelites to whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises, whose are the fathers and of whom, as concerning the flesh, Christ came, who is over all, God blessed forever. Amen. Not as though the word of God has taken none effect, for they are not all Israel which are of Israel. Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children. But in Isaac shall that thy seed be called. That is, they which are the children of the flesh are not the children of God. But the children of promise are counted for the seed. Amen. So what is it telling this church that not those, all those who are from Israel belong to Christ. Because not all of those confess who, that Jesus is Lord. But it's us who are counted as the children of promise because we've accepted the Lord as, as our Savior. Amen. And so we go back to Revelation chapter 2, verse 9, where it says, And I know the blasphemy of those that say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Now we can come to realize that he wasn't talking about those who are actually Jews, but he was talking about those who are Christians. And those who are Christians within the church, but are actually from the synagogue of Satan. So what is it saying, church, is that the persecution is coming within the church. It's so plainly. The Lord doesn't hide things from us. If we're willing to discern the word, if we're willing to look through the scriptures, we'll find the answers there. We don't need to look to the internet. We don't need to look to, to others when the word of God answers all our doubts and all our questions. Amen. And so it's saying that not only does God know what we go through, he doesn't, not only does he know our works, but he also knows the the trouble that others that others bring towards the church, amen? You see, God is, God is not turning a blind eye to the suffering of the church. Rather, he's saying, just wait, just wait on me because vengeance, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. And so in verse 10, it says, Fear none of these things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you a crown of life. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He that overcomes shall not be hurt of the second death. And so it's saying, church, don't fear any of these things which you will suffer. It's not saying maybe you're going to suffer. It's saying you will suffer these things because, behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison. And when I thought of prison, I thought of, it's a small cell. I've never been to prison, by the way, but I visited a prison before, and it's a small cell. 
Sometimes you have a companion, sometimes you don't. And you're locked in there. You have no access, access to the world. You have no access to your loved ones. And so in the same way, Satan is going to come and cast us into prison. But we that have God, we know that he's able to break those doors open. Amen. He's able to set us free from, from the evil one. But it says that we will be tried. And we will have tri tribulation 10, 10 days. And so we know that only through... Our, our faith being tried, do we know that our faith is genuine? So don't be, as we were learning in, on Tuesday, don't be surprised at, at the fiery trials that await you, church. Don't be, don't be caught off guard. We know that we're going to go through these things, amen? And here the Lord is so gracious that he's reminding us, don't fear of these things because I am the first and the last, amen? And so it says that if we're able to remain faithful even unto death, church, even if all should be removed from us, even if our family should be taken from us, if we are to remain faithful unto death, he will give us the crown of life. And isn't that what our, our whole Christian walk is? To receive that crown of salvation, to make it to see our Father face to face? Amen. And so it says that he that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. And he that overcomes shall not be hurt of the second death. We know that the second death belongs to those who are unrighteous, amen? And so if we continue on to, to uh, Revelation chapter 3, and now we're going to go into the church of Philadelphia. And this church is, is a faithful church, amen? But you see, what I love about the Lord is that even if the church, one church was persecuted and the other faithful, he makes no exception. It means trouble is coming to all. There's just some that, you know, are a little bit further behind because they have to still work out things within themselves. Amen. But what the Lord was showing me is we have to get past the anger, the malice, the jealousy, the, did I say envy already? The envy. <laughs> we have to get past all of that because there's greater things that are coming, church. There's greater things that we're going to be dealing with. And can you imagine if we're still wrestling with anger within ourselves and, and persecution comes? We're going to bend the knee quickly. But if we're willing to say, Lord, just rid me of all those things that I can just be focused on what you have for the church now. Because there's greater things, church, than dealing with our own problems. There's greater things than, than dealing with our own issues, church. There's, there's work to be done in the house of the Lord. Amen? And it says in Revelation chapter 3, verse 7, And the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that has a key of David, he that opens and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. And again, I love that the Lord first establishes who he is. He's saying, I am the holy one. In me there's no error. In me there's no lie. I am perfect. Amen. And we have to believe that the Lord is holy and perfect and righteous and true. Amen. And he says that he is true and he has the key of David. And he opens and no man shutteth, and shuts and no man can open. And again, he says, I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. And when I read this word, open door, it reminded me in, I remember the chapter, but in the book of Acts, the Lord says the same thing to, to Paul, and uh, I think it was, I forget the other two disciples, but... He says that he had opened a door for them so that they can go and preach the gospel. And I was reminded how us as a church, our open door church is Ukaipa. 
The Lord brought us here with purpose so that the lame could be healed and walk, so that the blind could see. And I'm speaking of spiritually. The Lord can do miracles in the physical, but what's more important here is the spiritual church. And that's what the Lord has brought us here for, that this door that he opened, no, no man can shut these doors. Amen? God will provide for this house more than we can even think or imagine. Amen? And so he says that, I know the, thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast little strength, and thou hast kept my word and not denied my name. And I know that when I read this, this verse, little strength, I said, Lord, sometimes that's us because we're human. We, we're flesh and bone, and we get tired, right? We get tired of sometimes dealing with the same people, but the Lord is our strength, amen? Just as Paul said, in my weakness, Lord, your strength is made perfect. And so every day when you feel like maybe you're going to faint, maybe you're growing weary and tired of doing good, just ask the Lord, Lord, you be my strength. You be the one to carry me through this day, amen? Because if we keep his word and we don't deny his, his name, then we know that we will also inherit the crown of life, amen? And so it says in verse 9, and this is the second time that the Lord says this, Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet, and to know that I have loved thee. And that's why I thought, like, Lord, these, these two churches are so similar. They're both being persecuted within their own church, within their own people. And also Philadelphia, if you don't know it, it's also in modern-day Turkey. And so it was also a wealthy city. And I thought a lot, it reminded me a lot of America. Here we're also a very wealthy country. We have many ports, we have many tradings going on. But what lacks is the word of God. There's many churches in, in America. There's, gosh, in every city, I'm sure there's over 10, 10 churches. But what's sad to say, church, is that not many are following the word of God as they should. And just when the times come, they'll be the same ones to turn us in. But we are to remain faithful and, and relying on God who can save us from all tribulation. Amen. And so it says that he will make them come and worship before thy feet and to know that I have loved you. And I was reminded of, of Psalms 23, of course, but it says that I will set a table before you in the presence of your enemies. And those people will know in the last days that God has been with us all along. I know that, I know that our church gets, gets mocked a lot gets spoken badly of and it's sad to say because we're all we're all supposed to be one body there's not supposed to be any division just because a church is a apostolic or baptist or pentecostal god didn't call there to be a separation but that's what happens when you read the word with your own understanding that's what happens when you read the word with your own wisdom you begin to to divide yourself from others when god has called us to, to be one bride He's coming from one bride only church. Amen. And so it says in verse 10, because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. And we know that the word of his patience is to keep the commandments of the Lord and to have the faith of Jesus. Amen. We learned that last week. And so it says, I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation then say that we're going to avoid it. He's just going to keep us in that time, amen, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. 
And it says, Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy, thy crown. He's coming quickly, church, but hold fast to our salvation that no man would take our crown. Amen. And it says in verse 12, Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Amen. And in all this, I was... I was thinking, Lord, we, we already know that you're coming soon. But sometimes, Lord, uh, church, what that can create is laziness within the church. It can create, um, how do you say, estancados? Um, stagnant. We can remain stagnant in the church because we think in our minds, the Lord is the Lord's coming soon. What, what more do I need to do? Amen. And just like the church in the Thessalonians, they thought the same way. They were becoming lazy. They weren't, um, allow, they weren't pushing themselves to go out and do the will of God. Rather, they were relying on others to do the work for them. Amen. And so we can turn to 1 Thessalonians, and we're going to start in chapter 4 and onward. Amen. And so I love the Apostle Paul because he always comes to correct. And even in our times, he still speaks to us through the word of God. Amen. And it says, uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 says, furthermore, then, we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the, by the Lord Jesus, that as you have received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God, so you would abound more and more, meaning from glory to glory, church. So just because we know what it means to walk with the Lord and to please the Lord, it doesn't stop there, amen? We should be abounding more and more. Verse 2. For you know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus, for this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor, meaning our, our temples, our bodies, not in the lust, even as the Gentiles which know not God, that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter, because that the Lord is avenger of all such as we also have forewarned you and testified. For God has not called us into uncleanliness, but unto holiness, church. He, therefore, that despises, despises not man, but God, who has also given unto us his Holy Spirit. But as touching brotherly love, ye need not that I write unto you, for you yourselves are taught of God to love one another. And this verse really stood out to me, church, because Paul is saying, I'm not even going to tell you how to treat your brother because you should already know. As a church, we've been walking with the Lord for many years. So we should know how we should conduct with our brothers and with our sisters. Amen. For God himself teaches, teaches us what love is. Amen. And it says in verse 10, And indeed, you do it toward all the brethren which are in Macedonia. But we beseech you, brethren, that you increase more and more. And that's the second time that he says that, church. And he says, and that you study to be quiet and to, and to do your own business and to work with your own hands as we commanded you. So here's a command, church, that we study to be quiet, amen, and that we mind our own business, amen, and that we work with our own hands, not waiting for others to do the work for us, 
not waiting for others to tell us what to do, but rather making ourselves available for the Lord, making ourselves available for the house of the Lord. Amen? And, of course, to, to be quiet is we don't need to live loud lives. We don't need to announce to the world the things that we're doing. Rather, live quiet and humble lives unto God. Amen? And when he says, and to mind your own business, well, that's pretty self-explanatory. Amen? And it says in verse 12, that you may walk honestly towards them that are without, and that they may have lack of nothing. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with the clouds, with them in the clouds, to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. You see, the, the church of Thessalonians, they were, they were kind of in a panic. They thought, Lord, we're being persecuted, and you, and you haven't come yet, and if you did come, then we must have missed you. And that's why they were, they were in sorrow because they were thinking that perhaps the Lord came and he, and he forgot us. That's why we're being persecuted. And that's how it's going to be with many churches because they're unaware of the final days. They're unaware of the things to come if, if they keep avoiding the book of Revelation. You see, when persecution and, and tribulation comes, their reaction will be the same. They'll be thinking, Lord, did you come already? Because I'm still here and I'm suffering now. But we that know the word of God, this this is not to scare his church, but to prepare us, amen, to prepare the, the bride. And it says in chapter 5, we continue, But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For you, for your, yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they shall, shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with a child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that the day should overtake you as a thief. You are all the children of light and the children of day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do. Let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. Let us, who are of the day, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. Amen? Amen? And when I read this, for a helmet, the hope of salvation, it not only reminded me of Ephesians 6, but also what, what does the helmet do, church? It protects our mind. It protects our mind, and it protects our thoughts from wandering elsewhere. Amen? For we know, that, we know who is the hope of our salvation. Amen? And it says, For God has not appointed us to wrath, but, unto, but to obtain salvation. By the Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, whether we wake or sleep, we shall live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also you do. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. And this is talking about those who are our pastors, amen. And to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake 
and be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort, and feeble-minded. Support the weak, be patient toward all men. Amen, church, because sometimes our other brothers and sisters, or even I'll place myself an example. Sometimes I, I know that I can be weak or, or feeble-minded, amen, but we have to be patient towards, towards each other, amen, because no one knows what you're going through, Brother George. No one knows what you're going through, Brother Frank, Jared, pastors, or even myself, but only, only God knows that. Only God knows the intentions of our heart. Only God knows our lives, amen. We only see each other's Tuesday, Thursdays, and Saturdays, and those that have the privilege of working here, well, almost every day, amen, but, but you only see outwardly, but the Lord knows us inwardly, amen, and so that's why the Lord has to remind us, be patient toward all men, because there's some that are unruly, there's some that, that need support, amen, and it says in verse 15, see that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit, despise not prophecies, prove all things, hold fast that which is good, abstain from all appearance of evil, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calls you who also will do it. Amen. Faithful is he that calls you, church, who will also do it. Amen. And so the Lord lists here a, a list of things that we need to be doing. Rejoicing always, praying without ceasing, giving thanks for this is the will of God, quenching not the spirit, despising not prophecies, proving, uh, testing all things and holding fast that which is good and abstaining from all appearance of evil and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I love that because the Lord, he never leaves us in, in, in wondering. He always tells us exactly what, we're, what we need to do. And verse 22, it says, abstain from all appearance of evil. Church, that not only means physically, but also means what comes out of our mouths. Amen. You see, the Lord doesn't delight in, in those that say to love God, but also curse every now and then. Amen. We have to make sure that we live holy and blameless lives because we serve a God who is holy. Amen. And so we turn back to the book of Revelations, chapter 3. Chapter, uh, chapter 3, verses 12. He says, chapter, verse 11, sorry. Behold, I come quickly, hold that fast which thou hast, that no man taketh thy crown. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of God, of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God. And I will write upon him my new name. And so I was reading, as I was reading these verses, I said, Lord, there's, there's a lot that you require from us. Amen. But if we overcome, these are the promises that we will be made a pillar not just, in, not just in this house, amen, here on earth, but we would be made a pillar in the temple of God, amen. And so I was reminded of, of Hebrews chapter 10, verses 26 and onward. You see, we're living in a time where 
God never changes. His, his grace and his mercy is forever. But what happens when, sorry, what happens when we continue to abuse of that grace? It, it runs out, church. And here the Lord was telling us, well, you need to be ready, amen, because I am coming quickly. But don't abuse of, of the gift of grace that I've given you. Don't abuse of my mercy because, church, God, I can imagine that he grows tired too. He grows weary of seeing how his church disobeys him. He grows, I can imagine that his, had, his heart gets saddened of how sometimes we think or we react. And so in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 26 through 39, it says, For we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth. There remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. You see, if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of truth, there remains no more sacrifice for our sins. That's a hard word, church. That's a, that should honestly scare us to know that, Lord, if I keep sinning, then your sacrifice on that cross won't save me anymore because I'm basically saying that that was not enough for me, amen? And it says, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sore punishment suppose you shall he be thought worthy, who has trodden under the underfoot the Son of God, and has counted the blood of the covenant, wherewith he was sanctified, an unholy thing, and has done despite unto the Spirit of grace. For we know him that, that has said, Vengeance belongs, belongs unto me. I will recompense, says the Lord, and again the Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God, but to call to remembrance the former days in which, after you were illuminated, you have endured a great flight of afflictions. Partly you were made a gazing stock both by reproaches and afflictions, and partly whilst you became companions of them that were so used. For you had compassion of me and my bonds, and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that you have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and will not tarry. Now the just shall, live, just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Amen? Amen, church. And so, just as the word of God is saying, we're not those that are going to go back to our old lives. We're not those that are going to turn our eyes from God, but rather we're going to keep our eyes on the author and perfecter of our faith, amen, which is the Lord. And what awaits his church in, in Revelation chapter 21, and I'll end with this, Revelation chapter 21, it says, and I saw a new heaven, sorry, <clears throat> and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. And he shall be his people, and God himself 
shall be with them and be their God. Amen. <clears throat> Sorry, church. Amen. And that's the promise that awaits us, churches, that as the Lord continues to correct us day by day, ask the Lord, examine yourselves before the Lord. Sorry, my throat is getting really itchy. And ask the Lord to correct areas so that we can be prepared like the church of Smyrna and the church of Philadelphia. Amen. That we would be righteous enough to be persecuted. Amen. That we would be righteous enough to say, to hear the Lord say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Amen. Pastor. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you, brothers and sisters. It was uh, very, very refreshing to hear the book of Revelation. Amen. And, you know, we are a church that loves to read this word because there's seven blessings in that book. It says, blessed are you who read and take it to heart. Amen. That's that's who we want to be. We want to make sure that we take this word and, and keep it in, our, in the tablet of our hearts. Amen. So why don't we get up, brothers and sisters, and let us pray. I'm going to ask Cash to come up. Amen. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of Jehovah. Amen. Hallelujah. Let us bow our heads and let us pray. And let's ask the Lord, Lord, if we have offended you in our walk, Lord, help us. Help us to correct our ways. Help us, Father God, to be good stewards of our temple. Amen. So thank you, Father God. As we enter into prayer, close your eyes and speak unto the Lord and ask him, Father, Father in heaven, you are, Father God, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, and all the prophets, Father God, and all your servants, Father God, that are here, Father God, written in this book, Father God. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the many wonderful blessings that you've bestowed on us, Father God. We don't take it for granted, O oh Lord. We just come, Father God, before you, Lord Jesus. And as your word came today, Father God, to correct us, to exhort us, Father God, but also to encourage us, Father God, to hold on to that hope, Father God, to hold up to that blessed hope that you have for us, Lord. And today, Father God, I just ask you that you forgive us, Father God, if we have offended you, Lord. Forgive us as a church, Father God, if we have, Father God, sin against you in heaven, O oh Lord. And I just ask you, Father God, that you have mercy upon this church. This church is not perfect, Father God. And we never claim that we are perfect people, Father God, but that you continue, Father God, working inside of our lives, Lord. Always, Father God, correcting our walk, Father God. Let the light, Father God, guide our steps, O oh Lord. Let your precious word, Father God, correct our ways. Let your precious word, Father God, transform our lives oh lord and i just ask you lord jesus that if we come father god with our own mindset our own agendas father god we just ask you that you rebuke that mindset father god and give us this precious mindset of yours oh lord 
Let us have the patience of Jesus Christ. And let us hold on to the testimony of Jesus. And Father God, let us be that remnant church, Father God, that will not sway to the left or to the right, Father God, but let us be, Father God, grounded and cemented, Father God, in your precious word, Father. Guide us, Father God. Instruct us, O Lord. You are, Father God, the greatest teacher that has ever lived, Father God, that has ever walked in this world, Father God. And we just ask you, Lord Jesus, as you came, Father God, from heaven, Father, and you, Lord Jesus, became flesh, and you became man, Father God, tested and tried in every aspect of our lives, O Lord. You understand your people. You can relate to us, Lord. You can relate to a person that is lonely, Father God, because you yourself were lonely. You can relate, Father God, to our weaknesses because you were tested and tried in every weakness, Lord. But you, Father God, were blameless. You were blameless. You were holy, Father God. And you, Father God, obeyed your Father's commandments. And let us, Father God, be a people, Father God. Let us be servants, Father God, that are willing, Father God, to obey the Master's commandments. And your word says, Father God, that we shall love you, Father God. Follow your commandments. And today, Father God, we proclaim, Father God, that we want to be those people that are willing, Father God, that are willing to forsake our sins, O oh Lord, that are willing to forsake, Father God, the things of this world, Father God. The world, this world, Father God, brings nothing but destruction. This world, Father God, brings nothing but lead us to a road of perdition, O oh Lord. Let us walk, Father God, a path of righteousness. Let us walk, Father God, a path, Father God, that is pleasing to your eyes, O oh Lord. Let us be, Father God, the apple of your eye, O oh Lord Jesus. And let us increase, Father God, in a relationship with you, Father God. Let us, Father God, rejoice, Father God, in our trials, in our afflictions, in tribulations. Because we know, Father God, that you don't do the testing, Lord. The enemy, Father God, tempt us, Father God. But we know, Father God, that you have overcome death. Death, where is your sting? Because you have overcome, Father God. The Lamb of God has risen. The Lamb of God has overcome. The Lamb of God will come again to judge this world. But you will come, Father God, as a king. You will come, Father God, as the rider on the white horse to execute judgment to those, Father God, that have rejected your truth. And let us, Father God, be those people, Father God, that are willing to take this truth out to the streets, to the highways and the byways, Lord. Let us go, Father God, and preach this gospel to those that are poor in spirit, those that have lacked hope, those, Father God, that are in sickness, those, Father God, that are still living in sin, Father God, let us bring this truth, Father God. Let us pour out love, Father God. Help us, Father God, to bring this everlasting gospel, this gospel that gives us hope, this gospel, Father God, that is love, Father God, this gospel, Father God, 
that has set me free. And the Son has set us free. And if we are free, we are free indeed. And thank you, Lord Jesus. Because you have washed us, Father God, with your precious blood. You have changed our mindset, oh Lord. And let us retain this mindset, oh Lord, that is precious to your sight, Father. Let us put on the helmet of salvation. Let us walk, Father God, with your commandments, Father God. Always, Father God, in our forehead and in our hearts and in our hands, Father God. Because we have been sealed, Father God. You have given us, Father God, a hope. You have given us, Father God, everlasting life. You have given us, Father God, the crown of salvation. And the most precious thing, Father God, that you have given us too, Father, is that you have written our names in the book of life. And I thank you, Father. I thank you because you, Father God, took the shame. You took, Father God, our afflictions. Our sin upon your shoulders, oh Lord. You took everything, Father God. And you laid down your life for me and for the whole world. Even when we were sinners, Father God, yet you died for me. Even, Father God, when I was a curse, you laid down your life for me, Lord. Even, Father God, when I blaspheme against you. You laid down your life for me, Lord. Even, Father God, when I walked away from you, you laid down your life for me, Lord. Even, Father God, when I had my own agenda, you laid down your life for me, Lord. And I thank you, Father, for that precious gift because you gave your life freely, Father God. And you have power, Father God, to take it up again. And who are we, Father God? Who are we, O oh Lord Jesus, that you are so mindful of us? Who are we, O oh Lord Jesus, that we are nothing but speck of dust under your fingernails, O oh Lord? Who are we, O oh Lord Jesus, that you, Father God, you said in your heart, Lord, that my soul is precious in your eyes? Who are we, O oh Lord Jesus? That you, Father God, have created us a little lower than the angels, O oh Lord. Who are we, Father God? That you, Lord Jesus, you fight our battles. Who are we, Father God, that you have given us victory? That you, Father God, have made us, Father God, overcomers, Lord. We are more, Father God. We are more than conquerors, Lord, because your precious name is written in our hearts, Father God. Your precious name, Father God, is on our foreheads, Father God. We, Father God, have taken, Father God, the seal of the living God upon our foreheads, Lord. And we, Father God, have taken your word in our hands, O oh Lord. I thank you, Father God. Create in me, Father God, a right mind and a right spirit. Wash me, Father God, with your precious blood. Help me, Father God, to walk, Father God, in your commandments, O oh Lord. Help me, Father God, to preach the everlasting gospel. Your unchangeable word, Father God. The gospel, Father God, 
that was first with Adam, O oh Lord. Your commandments, Father God, that were with Adam, with Abraham, O oh Lord. And let us, Father God, remember, Father God, the day of rest, the Sabbath day. That you, Father God, we are we, we, Father God, belong to you, Father God, by creation and by salvation. We belong to you, Lord Jesus. You are the creator, Father God. And we acknowledge you, Father God, as the Savior of this world. We thank you, Father God, for the many blessings you have bestowed upon us, Father God. Don't let us fall into the trap of the enemy, Father God, but deliver us from the evil one, O oh Lord. I thank you, Lord Jesus. For forgiving us our sins, O oh Lord. I thank you, Father God, for the precious blood of the Lamb. And just like John, Father God, when he was in the in, in, in caught up, Father God, by the Spirit, Father God. And you gave him prophecy. And John, Father God, wept because there was no man found worthy, Father God, in heaven or in on earth, Lord. There was Worthy to open up, Father God, the scroll. For we know that you are worthy, Lord, to open up the scroll, Father God. We know, Father God, that you are worthy, Father God, to open up the scroll, Father God, and declare judgment, O oh Lord. We know, Father God, that we join today, Father God, with the angels, and we declare that you are holy, holy, holy is the Lamb of God, the one that was and the one that is and the one that is to come, oh Lord Jesus, the church and the bride, Father God, and the spirit, Father God, unite, Father God, in one mindset and is joined, Father God, in one body. And we declare, Father God, that you, Father God, will come back soon. And you come, Father God, like a thief in the night. No man knows the hour, Lord. Not even the angels, Lord. But we declare, Father God, that let us be found, Father God, doing your will, Father God. Let us be found like those five virgins, Father God, that had the oil, Father God. That had the spirit, Lord. The spirit inside of us, Lord. And that had knowledge, Father God, of your word, Lord Jesus. Let us be like those five virgins, Father God, that got themselves ready. And Father, we were waiting, that we are waiting for the bridegroom. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let us be, Father God, always, Lord Jesus, with this fire of passion, always lit up in our hearts, O oh Lord. Don't let this fire quench, Father God, but let it stir up in our souls, O oh Lord Jesus. Stir me up, Father God. Stir me up, O oh Lord Jesus. Let me be found, Father God, righteous from my generation. Just like you declared Noah, Father God, and Abraham, that they were righteous in their generation. Let us be found, Father God, righteous in our generation, Lord. Let us not sway, Father God. Let us be people, Father God, that will be grounded and rooted in the truth of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father God. I ask you, Lord Jesus, all these things in the precious name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord Jesus. Let me not forget, Father God, where you took me out from. Don't let me forget, Father God, that you took me out from the God, from the pit, Father God, the abusos. Don't let me forget, Lord Jesus. 
Don't let me become, Father God, a Pharisee or a Sadducee or a scribe, O Lord Jesus. But let me be, Father God, let me approach, Father God, the throne of grace with humbleness of heart, Lord. Don't let brightness, Father God, be in my heart. Let me be always be reminded, Father God, to come and approach you, Father God, as a humble man. Because you rejoice, Father God, in the humbleness of heart. You rejoice, Lord God, in the humility of mind, Lord. And let me be approached, Father God. Let me approach your throne, O oh Lord Jesus, with the humbleness of heart. Humbleness of spirit. Humbleness, Father God, of minds, of, 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 hum, of mindset, Father God. And I just ask you, Father, that you keep us humble this day, Father God. Keep us humble because you, Father God, brought the word through, the, through, through hearts of, uh, of men that were willing to humble themselves before your presence, O oh Lord. And today, Father God, let us be those men and women, Father God that are willing to humble themselves before your presence. Let us, Father God, be servants, Father God. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for this precious word. I thank you for the worship, Father God. I also thank you, Father God, for the offerings, Father God. Those that are willing to bring their offerings, oh Lord Jesus, multiply it, Father God, because you are in the business of multiplying. And Father God, unfortunately, man is in the business of dividing. But we hold on to your promises because yea and amen are the promises of Jehovah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And I also pray, Father God, for those that have walked away from you, Lord Jesus, that you bring them back, Father. That you remember, Father God, those prodigal sons and daughters. And that you send, Father God, your angels, oh Lord Jesus, to ever, ever uh, to evangelize them again Father God send them Father God people that are willing Father God to pour out and to pour out into their lives oh Lord Jesus I thank you Lord that you bring them forth Lord Jesus bring them back into your precious word bring them back into your church Lord Jesus let them be reminded oh Lord Jesus that one day Father God they depended on you Father God that they were holding on to their salvation. And you, Father God, one day, let them be reminded, one day you set them free, Lord Jesus. Let them be reminded of their first love. Let them be reminded, Father God, that you paid that sacrifice for their sins. Let them be reminded just like that prodigal son was reminded when he was eating with the pigs. And he said, in my father's house I lack nothing. Let them be reminded, Father God, in the name of Jesus. We pray, Father God, for the orphans and the widows, Father God. We pray for the elders, Father God, that you bring a word of encouragement, Father God. And I pray, Father God, through the offerings, Father God, and through the free will offerings, Father God, that your people bring, Father, that you help us, Father God, and just let us continue work, Father God, in your ministry, in your vineyard, Lord. Provide, Father God. We don't ask for riches, Father God, but that you may provide to keep these doors open, Father. And we ask, Father God, that you provide our daily bread as well, Father God. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for everything that took place today. I thank you for the prayers of the saints. I thank you, Father God, for the prayers, Father God, of your people. 
And we, Father God, put our plans, Father God, before you, Father God. And if it's your will, Father God, and if it pleases you, Father, grant them, Lord. And if it doesn't please you, Father God, you know why, Father God. Because your plans are always good, Lord. And your ways are higher than our ways, Lord. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We ask you in your precious name, the name of Yeshua, the name of salvation, the name, Father God, that brings peace in the midst of my storms, oh Lord. You grant peace, and you grant joy, and you grant, Father God, abundance of life. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for the word. I thank you for the worship, and I bless everyone, Father God, that made themselves available today, Father God, and also those, Father God, that couldn't make it. You know the reasons, Father God, that you also bless them, Lord. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for this church. I thank you for this building. I know that your glory cannot be contained in this building, Lord. For the heavens cannot even contain you, Lord. But we pray, Father God, that we honor you in this place, Lord, and that you sanctify this place. And we honor you, Father God, and we, Father God, sanctify your name in this place, in this altar, Lord. Blessed be the name of Jehovah. And we ask all this in the name of Jesus Christ. And the church says, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Church, don't grow tired from worshiping and praying to our Lord. Amen. We might run over, maybe pray another 10, 15 minutes. But this is to just create and grow in our spiritual walk. Amen. Have that intimacy with the Lord. Always have prayer with the Lord. Don't grow tired in increasing your time and spending time with the Lord Jesus. Amen. And I just want to remind you, brothers and sisters, if it's the Lord's will on Saturday, we will meet again at 7 p.m. But don't forget, brothers and sisters, we're getting close to August 21st which is Sunday at 6 p.m. We have worship with our brothers, our Jews and Gentiles coming together in the unity of the brethren. Amen? Hallelujah. You're invited to Ukaipa. The address is on the screen. If you want to uh, get a hold of us, the website is on the screen as well. But I encourage you, brothers and sisters, that you share the word of the Lord. Share the word of the Lord. Share this message. Share this service. Share it, brothers and sisters, because that is how we get to reach to people. Amen? Through sharing the word. So don't forget to share, my brothers and sisters. Amen? Hallelujah. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you and take you back home safely. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you.